0: Thank you for listening to the New Life Church podcast. If you need any information about our church, or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at newlifekingman.com. A reading in, in my devotionals, and I came across uh, Hebrews chapter 10, and it really uh, stirred me, and, and so what I'm going to preach tonight is, is I've entitled it, Let Us. And when I say that, I don't mean that. I mean that. Let us say, let us. In Hebrews chapter ten, there were three "let us" is that kind of uh, struck my attention. So I'm I'm going to use them as a to launch off from tonight. Uh, three points, let us draw near, let us hold fast the, fast the confession of our hope, and let us consider one another. The text is Hebrews 10, verses 19 through 25, therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which He has consecrated for us for he who promised is faithful, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching." So, the first let us that we're going to look at is let us draw near. One of the biggest mysteries of God, to me anyway, is uh, that He wants us near. Anybody besides me kind of baffled at the fact that God wants you near? I mean, we know us, don't we? And, uh, you know, there are, there are many things that I could say to to an uh, uh, explanation of him uh, wanting to be near to us. He he desires companionship. He wants to be able to express himself. He loves to love, and there are so many other things that you could say about his wanting to be near to us, but the reality is, part of the mystery surrounding God is that He wants us near. And while you and I may never be able to really figure it out, this side of eternity, or to fully or completely understand why God would ever want us near, we need to believe it. It's critically important for us to believe it. The reason Jesus came was to draw us near. In John 12, verse 32 and 33, Jesus said, And I, if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all peoples to myself. This he said, signifying the death he would die. Now we are only a week and 2 days away from celebrating Good Friday. Good we call it Good Friday, but it was a bad Friday for Jesus because of all he suffered. He was uh, beaten, he was whipped, they pulled the beard from His face, Uh, they rammed a crown of thorns on His head, and ultimately He was hung on the cross. As He was hanging on the cross and was in such agony, people were at the base of the cross mocking and ridiculing His sacrifice. I, have you ever done something nice for somebody and then it seemed to just get not even appreciated, uh, just almost uh, mocked? Uh, I was thinking about husbands and wives, but I better get off that and go with <laughs> <laughs> That wasn't in my notes, and I can see now why it was a good reason it wasn't in the notes. Anyway, back to the notes. Uh, As Jesus is paying the price for our sins, as He's hanging on the cross, as His blood is streaming down, as He is in such immense agony uh, that we could never even imagine the, the, uh, the amount of suffering that He went through. For us, while this is going on, there were those ridiculing his sacrifice and saying, Come down from the cross and we'll believe that you were the Son of God. And all that was going on. But Jesus's Bad Friday was good Friday for us because he didn't come down from the cross, but he stayed on the cross, shed his blood, and died to pay the price for our sins." And in John 12, 32, Jesus says that the purpose of His death uh, was so that if I am lifted up from the earth, uh, will draw all peoples uh, to Myself. Jesus died so we could draw near to God. God wants us close. When Adam and Eve were created in the garden, Uh, There was that close and intimacy of relationship between them and God. Uh, God would come down in the cool of the day, and they would just kind of hang out. I love that picture. it's hard for me to really imagine it, but it is a beautiful picture to think about. Adam and Eve in the garden and God coming down, and they're just kind of hanging out and, and enjoying that relation, that intimacy, that closeness of relationship with each other. But one day, everything changed, didn't it? They ate the forbidden fruit, and their sin put a distance between them and God, and they hid in the bushes. God comes down in the cool of the day as He was in the habit of doing, and Adam and Eve are hiding in the bushes. Now, we all know that God knew where they were, but God asked the question, Adam, where are you? and they finally, Cahay and Eve come out sheepishly, and then they go through the… Uh, God talks, has a conversation with Adam. Adam puts kind of the blame on Eve, not kind of, puts the blame on Eve, and then God turns to Eve, and He says, what have you done? Now, I don't believe it's adding anything to the scripture to say that we can hear the anguish in the voice of God when he asks, calls out to Adam, where are you? And then to Eve says, what have you done? Everything changed. God sacrificed some animals and then put their skins uh, to clothe them so they, they would feel uh, more comfortable in the presence of God. But the, the reality is, things were never the same. Sin created a distance between God and man. And we see this all throughout the Old Testament. There was a certain distance between God and mankind. Now, there were glimpses uh, that we are given in the Old Testament of what God's true desire was, what his heart's desire was. Uh, Abraham was a man who believed God, just dared to trust that what God said was true, and the Bible says it was uh, accounted to him, put into his account as righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. That's what God desired. Uh, God spoke to Moses. The Bible says face to face as a man speaks to his friend. David, uh, in his life with God, even though he had uh, those failures that we all know about, uh, in his uh, uh, heart there was a desire after God. uh, And not only was David's heart after God, but God's after his, and he was called the man after God's own heart. But for the most part, in the Old Testament, man lived at a certain distance from God. Most people were truthfully afraid of God. They wouldn't even voice His name out of uh, reverence, but I think even more than reverence, it was being afraid of God. They had mediators or go-betweens between them and God. They had the, the priest, and they had the prophets. But listen tonight, God wanted something better and something more. And that's the reason why Jesus came. Jesus came so we could be near. Say near. In Hebrews 19, or 10, verse 19 and 22, it says, therefore, brethren having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Because of what Jesus did, we now have boldness to enter God's own presence— because the blood that was shed, we are encouraged to draw near. You and I tonight can have a heart full of assurance. Uh, our uh, our faith can rise that we can actually approach God and be nearer with the Father because Jesus shed His blood for our sins, and that blood uh, is meant to cover our evil conscience. Those things that we did in our past that could bug us for the rest of our lives and hinder us, because the blood of Jesus, that blood covers that evil conscience, and tonight you may be here with things about your past that torment you, trouble you, vex you, make you feel condemned, and I'm here to tell you the good news tonight, and that is that Jesus shed His blood and sprinkled that blood over that conscience, and you know what, tonight? uh, we can have assurance, uh, full assurance uh, that the sin has been covered because of Jesus. And because of that we can draw near. Don't let the devil anybody else hinder you from the reality of being able to draw near to God. Don't let your own mind or anything else Try to come between because God doesn't want that distance between Him and us. Jesus paid too great a price. That's what the uh, the Easter season is all about. His sacrifice so that we could have assurance of being near to God. He wants us near. And if we believe this, it'll change our lives entirely. Uh, Prayer won't be just... uh, Let me pause for a moment because I was going to say it won't just be a duty. I do believe that you and I uh, need to be disciplined. But prayer shouldn't just be a duty or discipline. God help us. It is meant to be the sharing of that relationship. And I think all of us are growing more into that, and we will grow more into it the more we understand the price that Jesus paid so that we could be near. We, we won't have so much of that hindrance maybe in prayer if we do believe and trust uh, that Jesus' blood was shed for that closeness, that nearness. Our uh, uh, Pastor Poole talked about prayer for several weeks and then about praise, and our praise will be more real and alive and meaningful if we really do believe God wants us near. I want you to say this with me, God wants me near. And I want you to tell yourself, I get it. Good, I'll go to the next point. In Hebrews 10 verse 23, the next let us is let us hold fast The confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope. You know, uh, how we talk is so important. Uh, One of the most important rights to us as Americans is the freedom of speech, It it was so important that it was the First Amendment to the Constitution, and that is the right of free speech. I'm thankful for that, aren't you? Now, I know that there are those of us who are concerned that this right may be taken away in the future. But as it is now, we have that First Amendment, the freedom of speech. People abuse it and take it and, and do things in the name of that that we don't agree with, but it is there. The First Amendment, freedom of speech, right? To, so something that most of us believe is that we have the right to say whatever we want. Now, that being said... And even though it's true that uh, within our rights as Americans, we can say whatever we want, listen, as believers in Jesus Christ, you and I are really cautioned about voicing whatever we feel. Now, tell yourself, I understand that. that. Good. Philippians chapter 2, verse 14, this is one of those verses that can get our attention. He says, do all things without grumbling and fault-finding and complaining and questioning and doubting. That's a pretty heavy verse, isn't it? Uh, and I was just going to read that verse and then move on, but I, it, I just feel compelled to say that if some people didn't weren't able to complain or grumble, then they just wouldn't have much else to say. Now I'll leave that and just move on. What we say is important. How we talk is important. And it is important for us as believers. The Bible says here in Hebrews 10, let us hold fast the confession of our hope. Again, what we say is so important, and one of the most important things that we can say is, I have hope. Or better yet, uh, I have hope in a faithful God. And that hope is a confident expectation of good from God. God help us to have an anticipation and an expectation of good from God. That's what Jesus died to purchase was hope. We are to have that hope as an anchor of our soul, and we need to hold it fast. I like that phrasing, hold it fast. He says, again, let us hold fast, hold fast the confession Of our hope. This wording is very specific because if we're not careful, we can lose our grip on hope, can't we? There's so much negativity around from uh, 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 listening to the media and uh, sometimes listening to other people, and a lot of times, probably, from listening to the voices in our own heads that it can cause us to lose our grip on hope. So I want you to tell yourself this, hold on to hope. So we are told to hold fast the confession of our hope. Hold fast, hold on, don't lose your grip. Hold on tight to what? The confession of our hope. Listen, hope is a lot easier to hold on to if we talk about it. That's why it uses the phrasing, the confession of our hope. It means we talk about it. It means we voice it. It's like this. Things seem kind of weird, but I believe God is up to something good. I don't really understand everything that's going on in my life, but I know God is faithful We are more than conquerors through Him. We triumph in everything in Christ. My God shall supply all my need according to His riches and glory. He will never leave us or forsake us. And we have a treasure house of hopeful statements in God's Word, and we need to talk it. The Confession of our hope. We need to talk about voice our hope. More and more. A whole lot more. Say a whole lot more. We should voice our hope over our nation. Now, I I have been frustrated with some of the trends in our own nation, and in some of the politics, a lot of the politics. and It is really kind of hard to imagine that we are facing some of the things that we are facing in this day, isn't it? It's it's weird. It's weird. Unusual. Uh, The Bible says in the last days, perilous times will come. I feel like we're living in perilous times. And I don't like a lot of the things that are going on in our nation. But I am resisting the urge to make my own predictions of the dire future of our nation. You and I, as God's people, need to hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering of God's promise for our nation and His plan for the United States of America. His kingdom come, His will be done, and we need to voice our assurance, our our hope in God for our nation." We ought to voice hope about ourselves. (laughs) We need to tell ourselves, you know what? I'm growing in God. I I am increasing in my knowledge of God. I'm growing in God. You're here on a Wednesday night. You could have been at home watching whatever is there, but you're here, or you're viewing online or you're listening to the podcast. And and so, uh, you know why you're doing that? Because you want to grow in God. And so, you need to tell yourself and encourage yourself with hope, I am growing in God. And God's going to do something significant through me. And in my life, God's going to use me. And when I say that, I'm voicing what God's going to do in us. We, all of us, need to have and express our hope, voice our hope in what God's going to do in our lives. He's going to provide for us. I I have high hopes of His provision, don't you? I don't have a whole lot of high hopes. I still, never mind, I'm going to going to make a comment about my stimulus that hadn't come yet, but I'm not going to do that. I, my hope is not in the provision from the government. My hope, and no matter who is in office, uh, it does, it does not, our hope isn't just in, in politics or in governments. Our hope is in God and what He's doing in our lives. And so we need to voice our hope in God, in us. Say, God in me. The hope of glory. Well, that was pretty weak, uh, that last part. Got, you, we have hope of His glory, His weightiness, His heaviness coming through more and more in our lives. We should be boi- voicing hope about what God is doing uh, in our city. There are, there are varying opinions about Kingman, Arizona. I've heard a lot of them over the years. I'll tell you, I have lived here for almost 23 years, and personally, I love Kingman. I do. I love it. I, I li- there are so many advantages to living in Kingman. Man, that was, that was an absolute no, amen. That's terrible. Somebody sitting at home viewing this or hearing this on po- podcast said amen. Thank you for that. There are real advantages to living in a King. We have overall pretty good weather. The wind blows occasionally, drastically. But I, but I I back in in the South they are have tornadoes. California I went through a hurricane or a, 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 a earthquake in California. I didn't appreciate that. 30 seconds was all it lasted. Can I tell you something? Time's relative. If you're in a 30-second earthquake, it can seem like a long 30 seconds. And so, there are a lot of things about… And and so, you know, I understand there are are negatives. There are always negatives. But but we ought to be voicing our hope uh, for the future of our city speak good things over this city. God's blessing Kingman, Arizona. God is prospering our city. God is uh, uh, God, Lord of Kingman, Arizona. Say, He is Lord of Kingman, Arizona. We ought to be voicing our hope over uh, our church and what God's doing here. You know, thankfully, Thankfully, He is moving in our church. People are getting saved. Next Wednesday night, we're going to have a baptism service, and I would encourage every one of you to come out next Wednesday night. For that, it's going to be a celebration. We're going to have ice cream afterwards uh, also. But beyond the ice cream, we're celebrating changed lives, lives that have gotten, S-A-V-E-D, saved because God is moving, the Holy Spirit is moving, people are being healed, uh, marriages are being restored. God is moving in our church, and we need to speak our hope. It is so important to voice our hope, and that's why, what uh, Hebrews 11.1 1 says, "'Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen.'" Faith is uh, made up of things uh, hoped for, and the more we hope for, the more we speak about it, uh, that confidence of God's uh, goodness in our lives, the more we'll see. Because faith does things. Can you say, I believe it? Say, I have hope. Let us draw near to God. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope. And then finally, and just briefly tonight, let us consider one another. In Hebrews uh, chapter 10, this is really verse 24 and 25, not 19. I just didn't change that top part. It's just the 24th and 25th verse. It says, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love. And good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some. How many know that's so? Forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Now, as I just read that, I understand we have been through a very unusual year and some. Uh, And there are those viewing online who this statement here. Uh, by no means is meant to be uh, a statement to bring guilt or, or condemnation. Uh, we understand as a staff that uh, there has been uh, a, a real uh, uh, dis ease about the pandemic, and we have even encouraged those who felt that they were at risk. Uh, or uh, were concerned to stay home and view online and and things like that. We have, as a church, had to make adjustments in the way we did church. We had several weeks uh, where we were online only. Uh, we did church in the parking lot for a number of weeks. That was pretty cool for that time. It would have been a drag during the winter, and it would have been a real drag uh, when it pour down rain so it didn't wouldn't work in all circumstances at least for those standing on the platform so uh, thank you Jesus we're back in the building you know but we've had to do some things to to help in 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 getting the message out uh, we beefed up our online presence knowing that uh, there were those who didn't feel comfortable in coming or uh, and and uh because of of the pandemic, and there's no guilt, no condemnation in that we've actually encouraged those who felt that way that uh they we understand you need to be at home if you feel at risk, and all of those things, having said all of that, what has happened through this year because we're yeah at a year since really or a little more that this pandemic has been uh, an issue. I have heard from person after person that has, uh, st- and those who are starting to come back, we're, we're starting to have more and more people come to church because of uh, various reasons and more comfort and the, the drop in COVID and those kind of things. But I've heard person after person say, wow, it is so good to be in church. And you know, again, if you uh, feel the need to be at home, uh, understood completely, but there is a change happening, and we're slowly coming into that more and more to where we're going to get back to, to church as we know it. You know, and I, you get what I'm saying tonight. Uh, the reality is tonight is we need each other. It is not me, just, you know, just me and God, just me and God. It is the, the, the gospel. Our relationship with God is not just me and God. It's me and God and each other. And the writer of Hebrews understood this and was addressing this. And these people that he was writing to lived in extremely difficult times Christians were being persecuted. They were being killed for their faith. They were having their belongings uh, uh, stolen from them and taken from them because uh, their belief in Jesus Christ. It prompted others to just rip them off, and and uh, they were uh, beaten and things like that because of of their faith. They lived in times, some of them, in times of famine and, and extreme uh, financial distress. But the encouragement written in this portion of Scripture that we read tonight that is on the screen is that it's not just you. You are not in this alone. Neither is it just you and God but it's you and God and each other. We share together in his life, don't we? I want to read these two verses again, Hebrews 10, 24, and 25, and let us let us consider one another. God help us to consider one another. Can you say amen? And in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some, but exhorting. And this word exhorting here doesn't mean, you know, get your act together. It really means strengthen and encourage one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. Tonight, let us draw near to God. I want you to say this with me tonight. Let us draw near to God. Say this with me. Let us hold fast, hold fast to hope. And finally, let us consider one another. Consider one another. Now say, I got, I got it. Praise God. Let's bow our heads, close our eyes. If you are here tonight and have never given your life to Christ or you're listening to this uh, uh, message uh, online or However, and you've never given your life to Christ, the reason Jesus suffered so was because of you. It was for the entire world, but it wasn't just for the world at large. It was for us as individuals, for you. He he knows us better than we know ourselves, and he knows our pain. He knows our hurts. He knows our brokenness and our need and that's the reason jesus came and suffered so was for our forgiveness and tonight if you are in this building where i could see it, no one looking around for a moment but you'd like to be included in this closing prayer of forgiveness of sin and maybe you've never given your life to christ or you've been away from him you've been uh strayed from god for a, a time and tonight you say i yearn for his forgiveness afresh in my life Uh, never done it or tonight recommitting your life to Christ just heads are bowed no one looking around for a moment just slip your hand up where I could see it and know to include you in this prayer God bless you praise God praise God amen we're going to pray together I'd like for you all to pray with me and those that are listening online to pray this prayer with me Lord Jesus thank you for taking my place and dying and shedding your blood so that I could know your life. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I receive the forgiveness of sins. Thank you for cleansing my conscience, ridding me of condemnation. Thank you for taking the shame away from my life. I draw near to you. I will hold fast to your hope. And by your grace, I will consider others to stir up love and good works. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now would you give the Lord a big clap and thank Him? Thank you, Jesus. God bless you. As you're leaving tonight, just look at several people and tell them, hey, good to see you. God bless you. and Good night. Isn't God good? Amen. Thank you for listening to the New Life Kingman podcast. Can't wait to see you next week.